Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Wednesday episode of the show. And we are brought to you by Bet Online. And they would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue to march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, and they have a new updated website. And if you sign up today, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, and Bet Online is where the game starts. Kyle, happy Wednesday to you. What it do, baby? What it Ready do? Ready to be back on the show. Much excite. Let's do it. Much excite. Uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, along came Polly. That's, what is that's, it? That's that's Borat. You Borat. Know, see, you should you should have let him sit in that. You should have let him sit in that for a little bit. No, I didn't want to lose ten minutes many on the show. Culture today. blunders that I do, man. Like I don't you, have blunders like that. No, you do. You do. You haven't seen The Lion King, I'm pretty sure, or something like that. So, I've seen The Lion King. Get some kind of Joe. weird Lion King take. I don't know. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, I know. That's that's the yeah. That's it. That's the worst take you can have foundational movie of my life well that's a little strong but okay let's let's move on <laughs> things the verdict that- the verdict's out the verdict is out joe judge is fired find it very convenient that they waited until another patriots assistant who was actually a good football coach was available on the market before they decided to fire their third consecutive coach after two seasons. And this is a, this is a, they might as well just start giving out two year contracts since no New York, their last eight years, they've had four different, technically five because there was an interim in there. Um, no, because didn't, yeah, four Schumer different head coaches in the last eight years. No, that none of them last more than two years. So what are, what are you getting at, Kyle? Is this a, uh, uh, are you ridiculing the Giants for making bad decisions or are you trying to say that they should have given these guys more time? Well, I think their hire was bad and I think they were justified to move on, but this is kind of the embodiment of like, they don't know what they want to be. I mean, they had, yeah. So technically it's five because Spagnolo served as interim head coach in 2017. Right, but you had Tom Coughlin for the last two years of his tenure, 2014-2015, and then it was Ben McAdoo. Ben McAdoo went to the playoffs, went 11-5 the following year, didn't even make it the entire season Steve Spagnuolo took over. And then it was two years of Pat Shermer, and now it's two years of Joe Judge. And they just, they're over here, and then they're over here, and then they, they, how are you supposed to accomplish anything with this amount of turnover and this amount of time? I would say that I disagree with all three hirings and I agree with all three firings. 
Correct. And so, but they do, they the, they have no organizational identity whatsoever. No, but that, so they have the chance to create that now. They're going to get a new general manager. They're going to get a new head coach, and hopefully, they get this correct and they can stop this cycle that they're in because it's not healthy. But yeah, I mean, the past is the past. But now it's about okay, you got a new plan moving forward, and let's hope that they make a good choice. Did you pick up what I was putting down there with the timing of this firing? I think are you do you really think that it's going to be Flores? I think that's the easy parallel transition for them to make to stay true to what they've been trying to build but actually have a good football coach do it. If they hire Brian Flores and that's exactly the plan then I would be disappointed to hear that. Why he's from Brooklyn? That was sarcasm, but why would you be disappointed to hear that that was the transition? Because you're you're pretty much saying that we liked the idea of where we were going. We just needed a different leader to connect that message and implement. And I don't know, man. How many times do we have to say it? The Patriots. How is that? How is that any different than changing from a, a player personnel perspective? I just think they needed a completely new, fresh direction. So, so don't what, go down the Belichick path. Don't like. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. And I feel like that's kind of what they've wanted to do their entire history of as an organization, right? With Bill Parcells and, and kind of the Tom Coughlin, kind of like these like very like regimented Hardos. leaders. Yeah. Joe Judge. Yeah. Like they've kind of had this thing about Iron them. Chin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's pivot. And, and well, to the Giants credit, they've been one of the most successful organizations in the NFL. I mean, this is not normal what they've gone through here based on their entire history. Their last decade is pretty rough. Yeah, but I think it's been a really rough stretch. 95% of the NFL would take the previous everything before the last decade as their history. So they won a Super Bowl in the 80s. They won a Super Bowl in the 90s. It was 1990, but they still won it in the 90s. Remember, it won a Super Bowl in the 2000s and they won a Super Bowl into the 2010s. Yeah, there's there's like people that are not that if, old that have won four Super Bowls. They've if, done it if like you, sparingly. If you were a fan of a team, you'd probably trade that history for most histories of franchises. Yeah. yeah. It's just the last decade has been absolutely right. awful. Right. It's like it's like so, kind of like they're the Denver of the NFC, right? Like so much success never really losing before the last, the Vance Joseph, two years of consecutive losing the last time Denver had consecutive losing seasons was 71 and 72. I mean, they went that long. And now they are in sole possession of first place of the longest playoff drought in the entire NFL, all 32 teams. (laughs) How long is it? 2015 was the last time that they've, that's really the longest because the Browns broke theirs last year, right? That was the Cincinnati's in this year. Yep. Oh, Bengals. Friends, my, my team hasn't been to the playoffs since 2010. My, my team owns the longest streak without making the playoffs. So they're the, so they were so bad they were off the chart because the chart that mm. I saw had Denver all by their loan. So yeah, tw- 2010 was me. the last last time my team made the playoffs. So it's been like 12 years. Okay, Chris, talk to me when you get streak, to 17. That streak ends. <laughs> we're trending that direction. Yeah. When? <laughs> when? That streak ends. Two years from now. Okay. Everybody write it down. 
Well, so that's a good segue into a really fascinating tweet that I think everyone's aware of, but it's it's fun to hear it like this from Andrew Siciliano. Half of the NFL playoff bracket this year didn't make it in 2020. At least four new teams have made the playoffs for 32 straight years. And here's here's a follow-up on that. Since the league, the last two years, uh, 21 teams have made the playoffs in the last two years. Wow. Since they expanded to seven teams. Okay. Of the 11 teams that have not made the playoffs in the last years, I believe there's only one team that has not made a head coaching change. So there's if you some... Would fill, if you would filibuster for me yeah, for well, just I a think moment, I can inter- find that tweet. Sure. What's interesting there is if there's correlation, right? Because I don't think it's not as simple as keep your head coach and you go to the playoffs. It's not Correct. that, but it goes back to getting the decision right. Right. Because I don't think there's a whole lot of firings that have happened that I don't understand. And I think that they made a mistake and they needed to stay the course. Like, I don't, I don't feel that way. I understand the merit of that tweet about every year there's at least four new playoff teams from the year from the year prior. But like I just look at the teams that missed the playoffs this year and like Baltimore, who's normally in the playoffs every year, is a prime candidate to be that team next season. The Saints, who are a team that are normally in the playoffs every year that aren't in the playoffs this year, are a prime candidate to do that next year. Like I'd like to know how many of them are teams that have, have gone multiple seasons without making the playoffs that then get in because new can kind of be. Well, I think Kyle answered that with what he ga- what he came up with. He said, was it 21 teams over the last two years? Yes. That's, that's over half, like well over half draft dudes do math, but half of 32 is 16, 21's higher than 16. That's very Let good. Yes, you, that's good. I'm not going to be able to find this tweet, which is <laughs> stellar. So. Okay. Well, I guess we can move on. Chris? Yes. Yeah, you can. yeah, we have, Joe and I did this yesterday, but we have two more awards that came out for the TDN Awards, and all three members of this show uh, put in bounce for these uh, these awards. And today, So today the awards uh, were announced for Defensive Player of the Year and Coach of the Year. So I will offer it up to the two gentlemen on the show which award they'd like to talk about first. Coach, do you need coach? He just wants to rip rip this bandaid off here. Okay. So the coach of the year, according to TDN, is Matt LaFleur in first place. Got five first-place votes. So, again, 13 votes for this. He got five first-place votes. The other five went to the second-place person, Mike Vrabel. Third place was Zach Taylor. Fourth place, Bill Belichick. Fifth place, Nick Sirianni. Uh, Sixth, Frank Reich. You had had three coaches tied for seventh. Mike Tomlin, Sean McDermott, John Harbaugh. You had Peyton and and Cliff Kingsbury both get two points. Bill Belichick. Uh, and then each receiving at least one fifth-place vote, Sean McVay, R- Rich Basaccia, and Brian Flores. Bill Belichick, fourth Bro, place. You, you had to be in the meeting yesterday. That, yesterday meeting was, was not the meeting to miss, I'll tell you. The meeting was some fire yesterday. We were arguing about this specifically. Um, do we want Joe? Do we want to do just what we did yesterday? Bill each of us Belichick fourth place. Reveal our individual ballots, and then we can discuss. Yep, because I don't think you'll find Bill Belichick on ours. I had Matt Matt Lafleur one, Zach Taylor two, Nick Sirianni three, Mike Vrabel four, and Sean Payton five. Um, I, okay, 
Go ahead. Kyle. Can I go? Can I go? Sure. Uh, I'm going to give my end of season ballot and not the ballot that was tallied that had said AFC South coach in a place that wouldn't, he would not have been had I placed my ballot after all of the games were played. Okay. Cause Frank Reich had a spot on my top five. And after you lose to Jacksonville and blow your playoff spot, you do not belong on my ballot. So my amended ballot is Matt LaFleur, Green Bay at one, Mike Vrabel, Tennessee Titans at two, Zach Taylor, Cincinnati Bengals at three, Nick Sirianni at four, and Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers at five. So my ballot was Mike Vrabel one, Matt LaFleur two, Zach Taylor three, Mike Tomlin four, and I was the fifth place vote for Rich Passaccia at five. I, That's, I respect that. Reasonable. Yeah. I mean, they they – they look like they were dead in the water, weren't they? Weren't they six and seven at one point? They were and ran and, a table to close the year. And I think the important thing to to note, and in the conversation about Frank Reich in particular, because he was one of the guys that we talked about in the meeting yesterday, the staff meeting. There's a lot that gets made of the situation that you find yourself in and what you do with that situation, right? And I think if there's anybody who didn't get didn't have a say in the situation that they were dealt as a coach is what Rich Passaccio was brought into when he was made the interim head coach after what happened with John Gruden. And then you have all of the off-the-field stuff that happened to that football team this year or that, that, that they had to deal with internally and they had to answer questions weekly at the media about what teammates and other players were doing. To get this team in a position to even play that game Sunday night for it to matter for them I thought was impressive. And then to go out there on that field and you can say what you want about the way that they went about it, but they did win the football game. Just they win, are, baby. They are playing in the postseason. I thought that deserved at least representation on this ballot. Again, I only put them fifth, but I thought it deserved representation. I'm stunned that I'm the only person on this show that voted Don't. Mike Vrabel won. Oh, okay. I'd love to. I, I, yeah, let's, I want to have the let's, conversation. Let's go there. This let's is because I had him four. So let's, can we start there before I criticize my belief of him being one. Let's understand that I have him four, and that's not. That doesn't mean I don't think he's done a good job. I had him two, so okay. don't Titans fans right. can't so yell like, at me. Right, chill with the the yelling that I'm going to get for this. But the Tennessee Titans had an average offense. They had an average defense. They are one of the most assisted teams in the NFL in terms of the benefit of penalties that were called against the teams that they were playing. And they play in the AFC South, so you start the season 4-0 because you have the Jaguars and the Texans. And they had some embarrassing losses this year. So, like, good job. You're the one seed. You won the division. You, you, you knocked off top teams, too, right? You beat Buffalo. You beat Kansas City. I'm not discrediting that. But I don't think his resume stacks up with the three people that I have in front of him, which are Matt LaFleur, Zach Taylor, and Nick Sirianni. I would like to interject. They did not start the season four zero because they actually lost to Houston. Was one of their losses. And they, I don't think I said that. You said, yeah, you said they st- automatically start the year four zero in the. Oh AFC yeah, because they, they should, because, and then they they lost right, to well, the freaking Texans. They lost it. They lost to yeah. the Texans at home. Lost to the Texans. Right, but the, all Five the J- Titans fans have a lot of jokes to make about the Colts losing to the Jaguars. It's like, hey, let's um, you know, worry about that speck in your own eye before you worry about the plank and somebody else's. The two ugly losses they had to the Jets and the Texans were the tiebreaker for me with Matt LaFleur. I mean, those those were losses I don't think you can have. And I mean, you look at what Green Bay did 
I know we're not talking Green Bay, but just foiling those two against each other. Green Bay was a game better. They lost really ugly in New Orleans um, down the stretch, and then they lost at Kansas City, at Minnesota, and they sat starters in, in Detroit, and that was the only game, only, only other game that they lost. Go ahead and tell us about how Derrick Henry got hurt, and so they lost their best player. Well, yeah, I mean, that stuff matters, right? Like, that 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 stuff matters, that, that they were able to get to the one seed in the AFC. I don't care what division you play in. You on the standings are in front of the Kansas City Chiefs Man, in the standings. Look at and these you late get- season games. 270 rushing yards against New England, 201 against Pittsburgh, 198 against Miami. Where Where's the spot where Derrick Henry got hurt and it mattered? So, so Joe, is your argument that Derrick Henry not being on the team and them finding a way to be able to run the ball not being a product of coaching? Like, I, I just don't, I just don't understand the argument because I think that is a a argument to to point to Vrabel being able to coach up his guys that Deontay Foreman. I'm just saying, was, maybe Derrick Henry's not that important. So I would just completely disagree with you there, Ooh, right? And now you've and, opened and, up a whole other can and, of worms. And and to, to when say your he, production was completely replaced by Deonta Foreman, but it wasn't and this right ragtag group of backs that nobody but, wanted right, on their team. It wasn't. I have a right hard away, time thinking I, he's that but, important. But the point, Joe, is that it credit. wasn't right away, and they had to coach themselves to be able to get to a point where Deontay Foreman can put up those kind of numbers. Because this is a guy that was in Houston and was cut, was not brought back, was released. Couldn't couldn't stick it in Houston. Finds a place in Tennessee. And they coach him up to be able to put those kind of performances together. Well, Listen, I, I, you want to vote for Matt LaFleur, that's fine. I think Matt LaFleur is fantastic. I put Matt LaFleur second. I think putting Vrabel fourth and not recognizing what he was able to do because he's got wins over the Chiefs. He's got wins over the Bills. He got, he's got wins over the Rams in L.A. Those are three teams that people are talking about high in this playoff pecking order for teams that can go to the Super Bowl. He won those games. Everybody throughout the course of the season has some stinkers. He does not get away with losing to the Jets. He does not get away with losing to the Texans. But every team this season on their schedules got some stinkers. And I can go back to Matt LaFleur, week one of the regular season against the Saints, getting embarrassed. Absolutely embarrassed. Lost those games with Derrick Henry. Those things matter. And so when I look at the entire picture, adding everything up, and you also need to factor in the expectations that a team had going into the season. And the expectations were not for Tennessee to be the one seed in the AFC. They were able to get there despite some things being thrown in their they way. They also lost five games. Like most years, five games doesn't get you the one seed in the AFC. What do you mean we don't so have I, expectations for the Tennessee Titans? They were in the AFC we, Championship game two years ago. They've won the division back-to-back years. Stop, Joe. Stop. They've never had a losing record under Mike Vrabel. Stop. We can go back to the, the offseason in the summer when we were doing playoff predictors and the two of you. And again, I'm, that's fine. I don't care who you voted for. I really don't. But that the two of you were going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth of, man, I don't know which one of these two teams, the Titans or the Colts. They're, the winner of the division is probably only going to win nine games, right? They're, it's probably going to be a team that barely no, gets that was the, before the Julio trade. And then we we juiced them one or two wins after the Julio okay, trade. And after, I think two. we had them at 11 wins. I think we had them at 11 wins. So they outperformed our expectations by one game. I will go and find it, but I do not think it was 11 wins. I think you barely had them at 10. I think 10's being okay, generous. They, oh, <laughs> and, the, and by the way, they didn't have Julio. So, like, what are we talking about here? He How is what Mike Vrabel did more impressive than Zach Taylor or Nick Sirianni? We thought, we thought the Eagles were going to win three or four games. Joe, not, we thought Nick I, Sirianni I mean, was a joke and couldn't hold his head above water well, as a head coach. Yeah, and Sirianni at three and they were at three and six at one stretch. But I think you so, do have to acknowledge the schedule that they played down the nine stretch. Nine wins, nine wins, none of them against a team with a winning record. Joe, you want to talk about they beating teams you're supposed po- to beat? Gave up nine 50 wins points against Dallas. It's we, different we when that's 
No, it's not. Nine wins against n- not a single one of their wins is against a team with a winning record. And you want to you want to talk it's about not college basketball? You don't pick your schedule. So then you cannot use that argument against the Tennessee Titans. Then I'm not. I'm just saying what, what what's that impressive? He went out there and had the same season he always does. This team's two re- years removed from the AFC Championship game. The rushing production was inconsequential. So so then so then why so then why is Matt Lafleur your coach of the year? He did the same thing he did last year. He did the same thing he did the year before. Same thing. The What's circumstances the in Green Bay were completely ridiculous all this offseason. His offensive line was banged up all year long. So they don't have a meaningful weapon in the passing Octiari. game besides David Devontae Adams, and he and there's nothing else. And Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be the MVP of the NFL. Their so, best defensive players were hurt all year long, and he met really high expectations. So now we're we're factoring in injuries when we're talking about a guy that we're voting for number one, but when it's a guy that we voted number four, we're not going to give him that same benefit of the doubt with not having Derrick Henry, with having a revolving door at left tackle, with having all the COVID stuff that happened to the tight. Like I just, Joe, I just want the logic to be consistent, right? If you're going to give all that stuff to Matt Lafleur, Mike Vrabel gets that same benefit of the doubt. He gets that same stuff caked in of he had injuries too. He lost his MVP. You, I know you, in your mind, an MVP cannot be a non-quarterback. I get it. I understand that. But for the Tennessee Titans, the MVP, the workhorse, the engine of that team is Derrick Henry. He was without that guy. He did not have him. And he was one win off. He was one win off of what LaFleur did. Couldn't That's make the, the difference. Couldn't. The, I think that what Matt LaFleur accomplished under those circumstances was far more impressive. Chris, can you concede he was probably two games off because – Green Bay sat starters against Detroit. They didn't really sit starters. Aaron Rodgers played the first half, and they were losing when they took him out of the game. But fine, I, I, I'll concede that. I have Lafleur second. We sat here and got lit like, up I, all summer long. We predicted Green Bay to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC. We got lit up all offseason long about us doing that. So, Joe, the, the, the issue I have with you specifically is I have Vrabel, Lafleur 1-2, and if you wanted to flip them, that's fine. To have one and four, that I can't understand. The, I'm giving you my reasoning. Yeah, that I don't get. Got him fourth. I think Mike Vrabel was the fourth best coach in the NFL this year. I'll, great job. Great job. For the reasons I said, he's four, and I have we, LaFleur, Taylor, we, and Sirianna ahead of him. We do have another award to get to, gentlemen. We do. Kyle, you should not have missed yesterday's meeting, bro. It was just it's like funny. This the whole time. <laughs> Joe and I didn't have this debate yesterday. No, because we were pretty eye to eye. We were, we were, we were okay. These are more spirited. Defensive player of the year. Uh, TJ Watt is our TDN's defensive player of the year. Got nine first place votes. Um, the other five first place place votes were given out as follows. Um, Micah Parsons was uh, got two first place votes. He finished in second. Aaron Donald got three first place votes. He finished in third. Um, and then Miles Garrett fourth. Trayvon Diggs and Robert Quinn tied uh, for, for fifth with eight points. Uh, J.C. Jackson, Robert Max Quinn. Crosby at four points each. Uh, Darius Leonard, Nick Bosa got two points each, and then A.J. Terrell and Trey Hendrickson both received one fifth-place vote to get them on the board with one point. I had Aaron Donald one, Max Crosby two, T.J. Watt three, Miles Garrett four, Darius Leonard five. So you didn't have Micah Parsons on your ballot at all? No. Close. I thought about him um, over both Garrett and Leonard, but I I went with those two players instead. So I have T.J. Watt at one. Uh, Micah Parsons at two, Aaron Donald at three, Miles Garrett at four, and J.C. Jackson at five. Uh, I had Micah Parsons one, 
Aaron Donald, two, TJ Watt, three, Robert Quinn, four, and uh, Trayvon Diggs, five. But that was a lot of deserving candidates. I'm not sure that this conversation will be as spirited as the last one because no, but I I know the the big debate is going to be the Trayvon Diggs. And I've already gotten because I posted my ballot on Twitter and I'm already getting heat for it because, like, how can you put a guy that gave up a thousand yards? So, again, and I don't have digs on yours. I had Diggs fifth on mine. Oh, okay. I missed that. Let me explain why. I get it that he was a sieve defensively and gave up a thousand yards. But that production of the 11 interceptions deserves, I think, at least a little recognition. So that's why he ended up fifth on my ballot. I didn't put him inside the top three. I didn't think he was deserving of being even remotely in consideration for being the the defensive player of the year. But I I think he deserved recognition for the season that he did have because that is still an important thing that he did, getting 11 interceptions. That is still something that I thought deserved recognition. I guess that would be a lot of my... Sure. Um, Are you... And I, I do not know the answer to this off the top of my head. But are you aware of how many passes defensed Trayvon Diggs had this season? This I don't have the statistic directly in front of me, no. Could you look it up? Because I'm, I'm going to pivot and say the reason why I had J.C. Jackson as my cornerback that was represented is because he still managed to have eight interceptions, so his ball production was not far off from Trayvon Diggs's. He led the NFL in passes defense this year with 23, and he had a passer rating allowed according to pro football reference on 106 targets of 46.8. So 21 pass defenses for Trayvon Diggs. That includes okay, so they were, they're, they're, that includes that interceptions includes, in that number. Yes. Okay. For some reason, so the NFL JC Jackson twice. had more total passes defense than Trayvon Diggs did. Right. Two more, two more total passes defense, but Diggs had three more interceptions, I think would be the way that works out. Right. If he had 23. Draft dudes do math. Uh, again again if there are people i've already got it oh darius leonard over trayvon Diggs. okay fine you want to put trayvon you want me to make darius leonard fifth that's fine he gets a fifth place vote it wouldn't have changed anything darius leonard's phenomenal i mean i'm not i'm not gonna be mad at anybody to put darius Mm -hmm. leonard on his production since he's coming to the league is just out of this world and he's like the heartbeat of that defense so by all means that's a great that's a great vote i mean there there were probably 10 guys that deserved yeah top five votes as far as qualifications this year. I'm a little surprised that I'm the only one that had a vote for Max Crosby. Nobody else had him represented. And I get it. There's a lot of really good edge rushers this year. And maybe people went with Garrett and Watt over him and wanted to include a corner and wanted to include a linebacker or something like that. But Crosby was unreal this year. Uh, Had 40 more pressures than TJ Watt did. Now, you also know that that's a, there's there's an all-encompassing factor there with finishing those plays and tackles for loss and like those things still carry some weight as all-around play now if you're just measuring their pass rush productivity then yeah i think you got a nod to nod to max crosby especially playing on a line that still had yanni kangakwe too right like he had a good good running mate Cam Hayward's good. I think I would argue that Cam Hayward as an interior player matters more than having another outside guy. That interior pressure to complement edge pressure is huge. Collectively, that Steelers defense just has a lot more talent. So uh, TJ Watt, according to Pro Football Reference, had 
eight more tackles for loss this year and nine additional quarterback hits this year than Max Crosby on a defensive line that in your own argument had a more important complimentary player, more impactful complimentary player. I mean, if you, I, if you go with the PFF numbers, he had 40 more pressures than TJ Watt. I'm just saying I had him on my ballot. Nobody else even gave this guy a second thought. How many uh, forced fumbles did Max Crosby have this year? I don't have this in front of me, but if you give me a uh, second, I will have the it. answer appears to be zero and TJ Watt had five. Yeah, I have TJ Watt on my ballot, so I'm not sitting here trying to say that TJ Watts, <clears throat> he's right there, top, one spot below Max Crosby. I'm not saying he's not deserving. I'm saying that how does nobody else besides me have a vote for Max Crosby? Well, let me ask let me ask you this. What was what was their pass rush productivity? Because it appears as though Max Crosby played an additional 200 snaps this year than what TJ Watt did too. Yeah, TJ Watt had 413 pass rush snaps. Max Crosby had 597. I'm not doing Got draft it. dudes, do math. Not doing it. Got it. Got it. 40 more uh, pressures. It's not like he had three more. He had 40 he more. He had 200 more snaps rushing the passer. That's why yes. That's why yes for the pass rush productivity more. rate. The 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 10.7 for Watt, 10.4 for for uh So Crosby. TJ had a better efficiency as a pass rusher. What are we talking you, about? I'm talking about that nobody had him on his ballot when he was right there with him and had from a, and I think it does matter that he did play more snaps and was more available for his football team. Okay. I don't want want us to fight like this guys. He didn't make as many. He didn't finish as many plays. Did you see the play against, did you see the play against Baltimore where Huntley fumbled the ball and then he tackled him and they didn't credit TJ for a sack on that play? They initially gave him the sack, and then they changed it to a, what was it? I have TJ Watt three. Yeah. I've th- had him number one the last two years. He's a f- good player. But Ooh. nobody even thought wow. Max Crosby was, was deserving to be on the their emotions ballot. emotions are high. Wow. I think I'm going to have to edit that one out. That's our first edit here, like, long, That's our first hairs like, Joe, you're out of time. your mind for thinking that Max Crosby deserves no, to be in this conversation. Uh, Joe, come on. That, that's That's unfair. That's not what Kyle was saying. That is not what Certainly Kyle was saying. That, that is not me. what I was saying. No, Certainly Kyle felt was that way to me. No, Kyle was just asking questions about what led you to put Max Crosby in front and of TJ Watt. And I gave the answer, and every time I gave an answer, well, actually, come on, this guy's very deserving to be in this conversation. I I literally said there were like ten guys worthy of top five consideration. Then why am I being criticized for having Max Crosby when I simply asked the question, why don't you? Why doesn't anybody? We have thirteen people that submitted a ballot. Watch the Raiders play defense. He he did get consideration from you. Right. The only so you one. You gave That's him his representation. Great. So my so question. I, so I guess, Joe, is your is your argument that you just want it to be just groupthink and everybody just just do the same thing? Like that's not the point of these things. No, I just want to know why. Why? You had Trayvon Diggs who gave up a gazillion yards. You didn't have Max Crosby. Why'd you do yes. it? Yes. Because I thought Trayvon Diggs' season deserved consideration, and I did, and I had Robert Quinn as another pass rusher, and Micah Parsons, uh, Aaron Donald, TJ Watt were my top three. Okay, but that's but it's my bad vote. Like I, I just don't understand. Like Joe just wants me to do what he did and put Max Crosby second and move on with my life. That's, and that's not, not what I'm trying works. to say. Is is it's you, you, I don't have to. Well, how do I put this? How do I put this? 
Maybe it's good. We maybe maybe you think about it and we talk about it tomorrow since we we are up against it. I would hate to see hurt feelings here on the show. No, there's no hurt feelings. But I asked the question why nobody else did, and as if like, well, why did you? It's like, well, it's pretty clear why I did. Okay, so you did. That's great. I'm happy for you, Joe. And I would admit, I there was an oversight on my part to not at least consider Max Crosby. That's fine. But I submitted my ballot already. I can't change it. Well, you can because I amended mine for. No, I don't think that's going to be accepted. I don't think you're. you're, I know you're going to try to get those changes accepted. I don't think they're going to be taken. That second place vote for Frank Reich from you is stuck. It's in there. Well, no, it's not because I just told you what my ballot would be. It's Jamie's fault for soliciting ballots before the end of the regular season. I will tell. I will tell you his response is going to be that you had until five p.m. Monday to make your changes. (laughs) Yeah, I I waited all the way. I waited until the deadline to make these decisions. So I am that Heisman voter that sends his votes in too early before the before rivalry weekend is played and somebody has a game changing performance. That's me. So no good deed goes unpunished, including making sure your ballot is in on time and promptly so that you can be considered a reliable employee and having that box checked for the weekend. Got it. Very cool. That's going to do it for us today on the show. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. I think everybody enjoys when we fight a little bit. So uh, all in good fun. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks as always for checking out the Draft Dudes podcast. We got more fun content coming the rest of the week. So plan accordingly. Come on back and see us. Thanks as always for listening to Draft Dudes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.